Hey there, just a quick note before we start the podcast. The recording was a little bit off in our normal recording session, so it sounds like we're talking over each other quite a bit, but in reality, we weren't. Uh, I can't split it up, so please bear with us for this episode. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. Temple Archives, Books, Servants of the Empire series. My name is Noma, and I am joined by my co-host. How's it going, Dan? Not too bad. I'm excited to finally talk about these books about our friend Zer Leonis. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Wait, is he... Is he the one who's played by Dante Bosco, or is that another... No, that's... um. Oh, I want to say Dak, but it's not Dak. It's... um. He's the red-headed kid. He's got, like, burgundy kind of uh, colored hair. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I think he shows up in the books. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for at least one part. Um, and uh, speaking of those books, uh, if you've tuned in to this podcast and you're not quite sure what it's about, let me fill you in real quick. So Temple Archives is all about Star Wars canon. So that is summarizing the story of Servants of the Empire in this case, how it relates to legends and canon material. We'll have a brief discussion talking about our thoughts on these books and where it fits into the timelines. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you may have noticed that our releases are kind of different from what they used to be. So in our new Temple Archives, we're going to be splitting apart the books and the comics. Uh, They're going to be released separately and hopefully bi-weekly. Uh, we're just kind of trying to aim for more bite-sized, shorter podcasts. We And we understand that not everybody wants to hear a full hour, hour, hour and a half long thing. So hopefully this will make them more digestible. You mean three hours that they don't want to listen to? Yeah, three, <laughs> two, three hours. Don't be coy. <laughs> so it's not our fault that we like to talk. And talk. Um, and talk. And talk. <laughs> and talk. But unfortunately, as well, Ed is not here for this podcast. Uh, he's super busy right now, so uh, you know it'll just be the two of us, and then Damn hopefully all three of us will be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't. We brought it in here. You say we'll be demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> oh man, I wish we were on YouTube. That's a good idea. We yeah. should go on there. But damn you, coronavirus! <laughs> Taking our Ed away. Now, just exactly. to clarify, he's not sick. He he's just ha- working. Yeah, he doesn't have it. Yeah, he's overworked because of it. Yes. So, before we get into the books, uh, Dan, there's a couple things that we need to tell the listeners before we start. Yeah, uh, so if you want to find us on uh, the internet and uh, enjoy what we do and want to contact us about a podcast or about a topic that we've discussed or a book we discussed or a comic or whatever, you can find us on our website at www.voiceoftheforce.com where We upload all of our um, SoundCloud clips, and you can listen to the podcasts on the website. If you don't have a podcast player app on your phone, you can do it right through the browser. You can also go to uh, our Twitter account, at VoiceForcePod. If you do that, you'll see us retweet a whole bunch of stuff about Star Wars, about other podcasts, about people in the Star Wars community, um, and obviously our episode tweets as well. If you retweet those, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated because it gets out to the word out to more people to listen to the podcast. You can also email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voiceforcepod. And you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, 
Overcasts, Pocket Casts, and Podbean. And uh, if you subscribe, then you'll get the new episode as soon as it releases. And uh, it's absolutely free. So why not? And uh, don't forget, at the end of the episode, to listen to the outro uh, to find out what uh, book or comic we'll be covering in the next episode. Noma, back to you. All right. So before we get into our summaries of the books, we've got a quick announcement. Uh, Just first off, spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about everything that happens in this book. And if you are interested in this book at all, I mean, you know, they're kids' books, um, so I'm sure a larger part of our audience won't really care too much. But if you are interested in this, we definitely recommend going out and supporting the official release. Um, you know, it's the easiest way to show Disney that we're interested in getting more of this kind of stuff is to just support the official releases, you know, consume media. <laughs> yeah, just spend all the monies. Yeah, exactly. Not on toilet paper, but on actual good books. <laughs> But if I don't have my 12,000 rolls of toilet paper, I won't be prepared when Corona hits. Now, did you hear about the guy in in New York City that had, like, a huge stash of hand sanitizer that he cannot sell now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had had something similar out in BC where it was this couple bought, like, a hundred, what was it, $75,000 worth of hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer and Lysol wipes. It was specifically to resell for like triple the kind of the triple the price. Or oh, they're they're like reselling that. it. Oh God. Yeah. I just yeah. said seventy five thousand dollars worth of hand sanitizer. I mean, like if you look on eBay or like Kijiji or whatever for different types mm. of uh, like hand sanitizer and stuff. I think I saw like the little tiny like pocket ones were selling for like sixty dollars on Kijiji. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's... God, people, why are you doing this? it's it's the hysteria you know what panic but uh i figured it out they're doing it to make money to buy star wars stuff keep doing what you're doing guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're just saying it's a good thing go to go do more of it go, go, go buy more star wars stuff just use that money to buy star wars stuff. <laughs> i just flipped that around that was good no, it doesn't lead to hysteria and mass panic. The iron-fisted rule of the Empire. <laughs> so yeah, support the official release. And with that being said, let's get into the summaries. So, our first book is Star Wars Rebels, Servants of the Empire, Edge of the Galaxy. The author is Jason Fry, and the illustrator is Jean-Paul Balmain. Balmain? If I mispronounce your name, sorry. But yeah, the, the uh, cover is, it's got a kind of nice symbology. It, it really come, you know, comes off as a propaganda poster. It's got the main now character that you say that, on the front. For sure, you know. propaganda poster. Everybody's looking oh, up. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, it's got the main character. Yeah, everyone's looking up, you know, all brightful towards the future. You got the row of stormtroopers on the bottom. TIE Fighters flying. Um, the big Capitol building on the Thal. Yeah, TIE Fighters going by. It, it does a really good job. It, it, it looks like it would be kind of like a real Empire propaganda poster. You know, like I can almost see the caption like, uh, this young man's fighting for the Empire. Will you do your duty? Or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, it does a really good job of kind of capturing the atmosphere of how the how the book starts off. Anything um, else I like the color or... scheme. Like it's blue on the top for like the stars and stuff like that, and then it kind of goes into like to the Lothal kind of brownish mm. atmosphere that's on the planet, and then it's like the industrial underneath the stormtroopers, mm. like inside of the building. Um, is it's interesting. Like the color mm-hmm. scheme really yeah, kind of yeah. pulls you in a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Uh, Zero Leonis is well drawn. Stormtroopers are well drawn as well. Um, I think Jean Paul did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. All right, and with that being said, let's get to the summary. Zero Leonis, our protagonist, is on track to enter the Imperial Academy on Lothal. Before he can, he must spend one year at the Junior Academy of Applied Sciences Prep School. The athletics director, Janice Furek, controls the school and is an Imperial xenophobe. At school, Zer befriends a girl named Marae Spanjaf, and they join the school's gravball team, the Sabercats, where Zer makes captain. One of the other team members is Beck Olet, the son of local Jogan fruit farmers. The trio decide to visit Beck's family farm, only to discover the Empire has purchased all of the farms in the area and are using cumbersome droids to cultivate the fruits, which is destroying them. They attempt to report the situation, to no avail. Zare talks to his sister in the Academy, Dara, about this, but is still troubled about the situation. Months later, Beck and Zare return to the farm and, to their horror, learn that it has been transformed into a strip mine. The former farmers attempt to protest their displacement and the destruction of their land, and in response, the Empire deploys troopers to open fire on them. At school, the Sabercats make it to the Grand Finals. However, Janice kicks out the alien members of the team before the finals occur. Zare and Murray learn that Janice has a bet on the finals and use this knowledge to win whilst sabotaging Janice's bet. Murray suddenly receives a message from Beck, thanking her for being his friend. Zare goes to find Beck and finds a bag of detonators near Beck's family orchard. He spots Beck being chased by Imperials and uses one of the detonators to incapacitate their transport. Beck escapes, but is spotted by the Empire and has to disappear. When Zare tries contacting his sister, he learns that Dara has apparently run away from the Academy and cannot be found. Now disenfranchised with the Empire, but trapped in the system, Zare sullenly applies to the Academy. Months later, he witnesses an Empire strike team storm a building and apprehend Beck and two accomplices. Zare decides he must help destroy the system and resolves to turn rebel and discover his sister's fate from within the Academy. Stealthy one, Dev Morgan. Yeah, that's me. Stealthy Dev Morgan. So that leads us into our second book, which is Servants of the Empire, Rebel in the Ranks. So the author for this one is also Jason Fry, and we weren't able to find an illustrator, and that might be because all of the assets on this cover, like all of the characters and everything, it it looks like it was taken straight out of Rebels. So you got Ezra and Zare at the front, and they're kind of running. You got a bunch of ATDPs on either side going back, and then you got the Grand Inquisitor kind of ominously behind them in a silhouette. Um, yeah, it, all the assets look like they were taken straight out of Rebels, so maybe that's why we couldn't find an illustrator. But uh, yeah, overall, it, it it's got a really it you know it it really looks like it came out of the show. It looks like it could have fit in really nicely. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, think, it's a nice uh, cover. You're right about the assets for sure. Um, I do like the the determined mm. determined look on both like Ezra's and Zara's face, um, and like the row mm. of ADDPs that go all the way to the like the back left of the cover there. 
it's like there's there's rows and like mm-hmm. behind that row there's another row behind it um of atdps so I, yeah, I think we yeah. you said that it might be like season three that they do the atdp factory stuff like they start building them on no fall yeah i think so at the very least i think that's when we first see them so yeah and also the the two lines of atdps kind of give it an uh kind of look like a, a hallway like kind of they're trapped mm-hmm. in in a certain area so kind of adds yeah. to the, and the inquisitor in the background gives them a little bit of like um he's on their trail kind of thing definitely enticing for a kid oh, yeah. to, to pick up oh yeah i think so and with that being said let's get into the summary Zare attends an evaluation run by a Sergeant Kurahi and passes, joining the Imperial Academy on Lothal. He attends an orientation course where he endures early morning drills and is constantly berated by the fiery Kurahi. He is then assigned to Unit Arik and gets along with his fellow cadets Jai Kel and Pondek Symes, although their fourth member, Nazros Oleg, chafes with the team as he is quite self-centered. Symes drops out before the orientation period ends, though Zare finds a new friend in a Lieutenant Chiron, a kind Imperial who attempts to help his investigation into Dara, Zare's sister's disappearance. Meanwhile, at the Vocational School for Institutional Security, Leonis's girlfriend, Mary Spanjeff, uses her hacking skills to try and get into the Imperial data network on Lothal in order to find information about Dara. Stumped, Mary befriends a Pantoran student, Jix Heikel, who suggests obtaining a spoofer capable of recording and transmitting info before deleting themselves. Mary is able to get in contact with a crime gang known as the Grey Syndicate and is able to obtain a snooper in return for working as a courier for them. Zare and his fellow cadets continue their training, undergoing a series of tests within The Well, a facility built to be able to simulate multiple different tough obstacle courses. Zare clashes with his teammate Oleg and with Captain Piers Rodins, who warns Zare and Chiron not to interfere with the investigation into Dara's disappearance. Zare begins to suspect the Empire is covering up the truth about his sister, and wars with the respect and praise he is earning versus his true mission at the Academy. Later that term, a cadet named Dev Morgan is transferred to Unit Arik. Morgan physically excels in the Wells tests, which makes Zare believe he is cheating. He, Morgan, and Kel win an assignment to work at Imperial Headquarters on Lothal. And during this, Zare learns Morgan is really Rebel Infiltrator Ezra Bridger, tasked to steal a decoder from the Headquarters. Zare teams up with Ezra, as both share ulterior motives for joining the Academy. Meanwhile, Mary obtains her spoofers and initiates her own plan, infiltrating the Transportation Ministry Headquarters she begins planting her snoopers at various locations, but her data breach is detected, and her own parents are put in charge of hunting down the source of the breach. Mary learns of Zare and Ezra's alliance and convinces Ezra's rebel cell to let her use the decoder after they have. With this, she hacks into the ISB data network. Ezra uses the decoder to learn the Inquisitor has taken an interest in Jai Kel and is coming to Lothal to test him, as he did with Dara. Ezra and Zare convince Jai to flee with them and escape in an ATDP. Ezra and Jai escape, but Zare stays behind to find Dara's current location. In the aftermath of the escape, Zare convinces the Empire he was trying to resist the rebels and is commended for his bravery. He then meets the Grand Inquisitor and pretends he is Force-sensitive to try and learn about Dara. 
Mayre informs Zer that Dara was placed in a secret Imperial program, Project Harvester, on planet Arcanus. This is a black mark, Commandant. I do not know this boy, but this one, I know. This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. That is Morgan. The other was Kel. Cadet Zer Leonis here came very close to stopping the escape. He was part of the traitor's squad and knew them well, or thought so. How admirable. Well, Leonis, let's take a walk, shall we? I want to know everything about your former friends. All right, so book three of Servants of the Empire, Imperial Justice. So the author is Jason Fry, and the illustrator is once again Jean-Paul Baume. And uh, this one, it goes back to kind of the more cartoony style of the first book. We've got Zare and Mayre on the front, and they're being chased by what looks like a squad of stormtroopers and a flight of TIE fighters. And, uh, I mean, this one's good, except, you know, like, they do a really good job of, you know, doing Zare and the TIE Fighters and the Stormtroopers and Lethal's Capital. They all look uh, like they did in the show. The only minor gripe I have, and I was talking to Dan about this earlier, is that uh, Mayre looks like she was done in a different style. I think it's style. also she doesn't have shading like Zare does. Like, she has no oh, shading on her point. left side. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. That's definitely... Uh... And she's got like a the headgear that, um, like, yeah, that definitely um, contributes to it. Has or looks similar anyway, smaller, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just you know one tiny gripe out of the yeah. entire cover. So. I think, Other I think that, the stormtroopers look fantastic. <clears throat> they look like the stormtroopers from Rebels, like that different look to them, a little mm. bit wider helmets and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It really harkens back to the uh, the original kind of Star Wars art, the you know the concept art, the yeah, quarry. Exactly. I think it's rough. Or, and I think yeah. this this cover evokes a little bit more of like a oh they've got they they're caught in what they're doing, because um, you get this the yeah. it's nighttime yeah. they're on like this like wide open platform stormtroopers are there tie fighters are above them, and they look like they're you know stopping yeah they're not running anymore yeah yeah where where the last where the last book cover was more of a foreboding threat this is more of like a real and, exactly. and present threat so which will relate a little bit to uh, the contents of the book. And yeah, with that, let's get into the summary for book three. After the Rebels escape, Zare continues his training at the Imperial Academy. He finds himself hounded by Captain Piers Rodins and squadmate Nazros Oleg, who both believe he is really a Rebel sympathizer working with Ezra Bridger, though the rest of the Academy believes Zare. Piers interrogates Zare, pointing to his suspicions at Zare's former friendships with Rebels Beck Olet, Jai Kel, and Ezra Bridger. However, without evidence, Piers is forced to let Zare go, but not before subjecting him to a forced sensitivity test. During their winter break, Zare returns to his family home and meets with his girlfriend, Mayre. He tells her to stop dealing with Laxo and the Grey Syndicate, though she is unable to as it would expose her illegal activities procuring the snoopers. Zare also sees the increasing brutality of the Empire's crackdowns and resolves to travel to Arcanus and rescue his sister Dara. Upon his return to the Academy, the cadets are forced to assist in the Empire's crackdowns, and Zare is ordered to pair with Oleg as part of Lieutenant Pierre's plan to provoke, to provoke Zare into breaking the law and being expelled. However, Zare's mentor, Captain Chiron, 
arranges for Zare to be transferred to Arcanus Academy behind Pierre's back, and the lieutenant's plan backfires when Zare discovers that Oleg's uncles are behind a smuggling operation, and Oleg attempts to protect them, resulting in him being expelled instead of Zare. After the operation, Zare meets with Piers and the Grand Inquisitor, who tells Zare he is being rewarded with his transfer to Arcanus. Zare later bumps into rebel droid Chopper, and is brought to meet Ezra. Zare tells the rebels the Empire is beginning a massive operation at Lothal City's capital building, but the two are forced to flee as stormtroopers arrive. Meanwhile, Mayre attempts to outpace the investigation her parents are leading to discover the data breach she caused at the Transportation Ministry. Her problems multiply as she is forced to make courier jobs for the Grey Syndicate, though she is able to hide these activities from her parents. Along with her friend Jix, Mayre is able to hide some of her tracks, but her efforts begin to anger the Grey Syndicate, and confiding in Zare during their break leads nowhere. Adding to her concerns, Ezra's rebel cell attempts to contact her to be a middleman between Ezra and Zare, but Mayre tells them to use Chopper instead. As the Grey Syndicate tightens their hold on Mayre, using her illegal activities as leverage, she makes a fake hostage recording in desperation. However, as the Grey Syndicate moves in to punish her, an Imperial Strike Force attacks them and leaves no survivors, as they had believed the hostage recording. Mayre is shaken that her actions led to the Syndicate's destruction, but is also able to learn that Zare's reassignment to Arcanus is not a reward, but a trap, as the Inquisitor wants to both determine Zare's links to Ezra and to also learn if he is Force-sensitive. All right, and that leads to the final book, which is Servants of the Empire, The Secret Academy. What do you need that decoder for? My friends need it to stop an Imperial shipment. How'd you know about the sensors? From my sister, Dara. She was the star cadet in this place. She knew the entire Imperial complex backwards and forwards. What happened to her? Well, they told us she ran off, but I don't believe it. And once again, this is written by Jason Fry. And once again, we're not too sure who the illustrator is. Um, but it, again, looks like it was using assets directly yeah, from the Rebel show. Uh, although it does have more of a, yeah, it does have more of a cartoon. It's almost like someone took like a cartoon it, like, this filter one, on a you know, phone and like put it over top of the already cartoon show. You know what I mean? How you can like make a picture yeah. cartoony looking just by using a filter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it definitely has a more uh, comic, like kind of pastel comic booky right? shading to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so on this one, we've got um, Zare and we've got part of the Rebel Spectres. So we've got Ezra and Sabine and uh, Zeb and the Phantom and the, the, you know, all the Spectres are on a landing pad and the Phantom... The Phantom, the Phantom is in there, the ghost. Though. So this takes place before <laughs> so, they lost the Phantom. Yeah, the Phantom is the back, yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, Phantom 1. Um, but yeah, sorry, the ghost is uh, fighting a bunch of TIE fighters. And I also just realized, much like how I just made a naming mistake, don't TIE fighters have green laser beams? Because yes, these are red laser they beams. they do. And Zeb has green laser beams. <laughs> this makes oh, me weird. uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got tiny tiny little little plot holes. Jesse doesn't know. The other thing that gets me is that uh, the tie fighter on the right hand side that's firing to the left flank of the the ghost isn't that going to collide with the one that's behind the ghost firing at it? You think so? (laughs) Then again, what if the Empire really cared about their own people? All right, so Zare arrives at Arcanus Academy, determined to rescue his sister Dara once he can find her. 
Shortly after he begins his training at Arcanus, he learns from the newly promoted Lieutenant Chiron, who also transferred, that the Inquisitor was killed by a group of rebels. Chiron tasks Zare with infiltrating a group of students known as the Commandant's Cadets, but as he begins to get into the group, he is ratted out by Beck Olet, who has been brainwashed and reconditioned by the Academy. Meanwhile, Mayre is still evading the Imperial's investigation into her data breach, attempting to find a way off-world with her remaining allies. Mayre discovers that the Empire has almost discovered her, and that Zare is being scheduled for execution on Arcanus. Evading bounty hunters and the Empire, Mayre is able to escape the planet along with her and Zare's parents. On Arcanus, Zare is sentenced to death by firing squad and offered a last meal. Zare asks Beck to deliver the meal, and uses the Jogan fruits in his meal to break Beck out of his reconditioning. The two are able to break out of the Academy and reunite with Mayre and Ezra's Spectre Cell of Rebels. Together, they are able to infiltrate Arcanus Academy and rescue Dara, aided by her own force powers to guide them out. The group is then able to escape to planet Gorel, where Dara reunites with her family. And that was Servants of the Empire. So, let's get into the discussion. Uh, Dan, what did you think of these books? Um, I thought they were good. Uh, they're short. Uh, it wasn't a hard read, obviously, for younger readers. It would be a little bit more difficult for them. But for us, it was really quick. These four books was about, I would say, maybe half or three-quarters of a normal novel in total. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in general, I really liked how... Um, it focused on Zare and like his social interactions with his friends and his family and kind of give us a little bit more like life on Lothal and kind of the empire, the internal structure of the empire. It gave Zare a lot more character development, I think, for sure. Like following him, trying to figure out about his sister Dara, which in Rebels you never really got to hear about. Maybe we did. Uh, not that I remember. Okay. Because I remember he's like, I got to stay inside the empire for whatever reason. That's why you couldn't mm-hmm. go with Ezra. So I think maybe he might have mentioned something about his sister, but either way, though, like it really kind of fleshes out his character mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, and I think that was pretty yeah. good. How about you, Noma? Uh, yeah, no, basically the same thing. It was a character who, you know, I barely remember for two episodes. Yeah. Like I said, I, if I'm confusing him with, with Dante Bosco's character then that kind of shows how, I mean, you know, it shows how much I remember him from the show, but it's not like I was supposed to really remember him that much. Um, But yeah, these books really definitely do help flesh him out and give you more of a connection to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that was something that we'd kind of talked about. I think you mentioned this kind of before, which was it's also, it's cool to see uh, the ghosts from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we spend the whole series knowing them. But then in this one, it, with, with um, Mere and uh, Zare, it's kind of more like, oh, yeah, it's just these people. And in Mere's case, it's these people who keep getting in my way. Exactly. Just keep trying over. to mess with my life. Yeah, over and over. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I just wanted to say was that these, like, we're reading them now. I read them a few years ago when Rebels was still coming out. But these books were released. Mm-hmm. The first one was October twenty uh, first, 2014. 
and the last mm. one, Secret, the Secret Academy, was October 6th, 2015. So right in the heart of oh, Rebels. Wow. So you definitely okay. remember Zareth if you read it like closer to watching it, I guess. So mm. it was a good, like for, for like Lucasfilm and stuff, they did a really good job with releasing these alongside Rebels and not like after it ended. Because um, mm. this would have been like season three, I guess, they released it or season two, these books. Oh, okay. But um yeah I ha- already been five years since rebels came out sorry has it already been five years since rebels um ended? i no it's because that was like season two i think season four oh, okay. came out like 2017 i think okay or 2016 gotcha. yeah because we got to see the episode four first episode of that in anaheim I think oh or no okay. in florida at celebration uh orlando i believe it's either season mm-hmm. three or season four i can't remember anyway um the the other thing i would just want to point out was that the first book in this series really gives you like a uh, a good connection and entry point for younger readers because it's like friends like Mireille and and everybody else that he talks about um so i mm-hmm. think it's a good entry level that younger readers could connect with and kind of if they're not Star Wars fans already, they might be, as these books are continuing, might be a good entry point for them. Um, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the the one thing that I was kind of surprised about is that it, it does get, like, a little bit darker than I expected for a children's book. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, a couple of little time. Well, mostly in the first book when it's just like, and then all the farmers died. You're like, uh, yeah. oh, they killed well, everybody. All the farmers were shot at, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah all the farmers were attacked. Um, but then Whether at the, the same time, I mean, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Um, but I, I don't know that that I was impressed with that because you know it's in a kids book. But then at the same time, you know, it still fits in with Star Wars, right? I mean, you, what is it? first in the first third of episode four you could see luke's charred aunt and uncle yeah that's so. pretty graphic and then you yeah. see like everybody all the stormtroopers getting shot in the death star and everything so yeah and but so you know it, it fits in it's not a problem with me and I, i'm i'm more i'm more impressed than like disgusted like I, i'm not well i'm not disgusted at all right but i can see some people like oh my god think of the children I was yeah. like, no, this is this is fine. I read similar kind of stuff when I was a kid. I turned out fine. So. I mean, in classrooms, they have. I saw in a classroom that I was in. Uh, they had like Five Nights at Freddy books. So, I mean, <laughs> you could have that, or you could have this. This is a little bit more yeah. educational. Um, but yeah, just wanted to say, uh, what did you think of Dara um, as a character? I mean, kind of all right. She doesn't really do that much. I mean, she's a great character motivation, but it's just kind of like at the end, it's like, oh, we found her. Also, she has force powers, and we're escaping. So escape. <laughs> yeah, it's just there, there, there wasn't much to, to really add on with the character. Um, kind of in the same way that, um, what's his name? I can't even remember his name anymore. Um, kind of the same way in the the evil commander, the guy that doesn't like um zare oh yeah okay or it's just like they're they're, they're there to serve they're, they're there to serve a good story point um peers that was it um with peers and you know they both served to be an important story point 
but then outside of that role there's not really much to them yeah there wasn't really much um, more character development than that yeah it's it's basically the exact opposite problem that i have with murray um yeah murray i love murray she's with, awesome yeah and and Mary is cool because it's you get to see an alternate story and you get to see a little bit more about uh the workings of the empire and you know she's useful and helps with a lot of stuff i just uh i don't understand why she's zara's girlfriend because it adds like nothing to the plot like at all yeah um and i actually forgot for i think like a book and a half basically i forgot that they were in a relationship there's not a lot of lead up to it in the first book and then it just is a thing in the second book and then it's like okay moving on i'm like I, exactly uh, okay when did that happen i think it's kind of like supposed to mimic what a like a kid at that age would be kind of thinking about you know like again another like connection for early like younger readers yeah exactly so nah, I'm, I'm fine with just being like yeah it was a thing and then what did you that's, think that's really all that needs impact what do you think of her like slicing capabilities and being like that side of her character i really enjoyed like the the technical side and like oh that, that was cool the um, getting wrapped the, up in syndicate yeah. stuff yeah and and that whole thing and and the the sniffer worms and all that kind of stuff that was pretty cool um and i i i can't remember completely because i'm into a lot of different sci-fi stuff i know that that's a thing in warhammer 40k the sniffing worms okay i don't know if it's a thing in in star wars though i don't know if it's been introduced before i feel like it has but like that whole so. thing was really cool it doesn't ring a bell. Like, I remember it in this, but yeah. Because we haven't had really any, like, in at least new canon stuff, like any really in-depth stuff with slice, slicing apart from, uh, like, Dr. Afra in the comics. And they yeah, don't really talk true. about it. They just show her doing stuff. Um, well, yeah, because in Star Wars in general, uh, slicing's always been a real kind of hand wavy thing where it's like, oh, we sliced our way in so we can get through the doors. How'd you do that? <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't even know if you, yeah, I don't even, I don't know if slicing requires a tool or like a computer pad or, you know. <laughs> the only thing I remember. The only droids can do it, but. So the only thing I remember is like in Star Wars Volume 1, remember when we read that, the Skywalker Strikes uh, 1? And Luke is yeah. in, like, the one reactor room or whatever, and he's, like, trying to, like, use, like, a hydro spanner or whatever the heck it's called and, like, trying to hack something. Mm -hmm. He's trying to, like, slice something with his hands. That's it. I think he was doing okay. that just very briefly. And I was just like, okay. okay, I see that. But, like, in normal Star Wars, like, we have the movies where it's like, here's a Jedi, waves his hand, door opens. That's legit hand-wavy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's not much yeah, to and, it. And, yeah, and the only real, like, slicing section that I can really remember is, is um, trying to slice through the, the shield doors on, on Endor in Episode 6. Yeah. And if, if memory serves, that is R2 trying to use his own thing, and then when that fails, Han just legitimately just hot-wiring the door mechanism. Yeah, he just pulls the wires out and starts, like, touching them together. That point, yeah, no, he's literally like jamming wires together, and then he accidentally does the second, like the outer seal door, and yeah. then he actually gets the mo well. No, wait a minute, he does. No, he doesn't actually slice it. Uh, they have to. They use the ATST to make it look like they. Damn. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, slicing, uh, yeah, slicing. <laughs> nice, but yeah, I don't know. I thought Mere. I feel like she was almost more interesting than. Zare in some regards just because it was a different side of Star Wars that we don't really get mm. that was kind of my point with that whole thing and like 
her relationship okay, with her parents, who were like academic slicers, and they were like catching on to her slicing stuff in the empire, and they were like looking into it, and she mm. was trying to like make sure that they don't get onto her trail. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. A lot of espionage. Yeah, and and no, that's a good point too, because a lot of the times when you see people who are pro imperial, um, it's just their perspective. Like I. I can't remember the stormtrooper's name in um, Twilight Company. But yeah, no, like just with her and uh, like with most Imperial characters that you see, it's, it's usually just their own perspective. Um, the aftermath officer, I can't remember his name either. Um, same kind of thing, right? It's just their perspective and their own thing. But yeah, you're right. It's interesting in this book to be able to see, you know, an entire family being infected by it being affected by the empire's rule and yeah just kind of playing around with that idea mm-hmm. um there is later on there's um a book uh battlefront inferno squadron um mm. and there's a part in that i think it's that book where it gives it like another perspective on like a little squadron of stormtroopers um that's okay. not related to like inferno squadron at all and uh, mm. i remember that and i was just like okay that's an interesting way to do that but yeah, we'd only get like little snippets apart from Lost Stars and, and stuff like that. But um, mm. yeah, no, I, I overall I enjoyed these books. They were a fun little read. They weren't anything to cry home about. They weren't anything that I would recommend to a reader that you know is our age and is not looking <laughs> to like. If you're looking at yeah. the same stuff that we are for like something that's got a little bit more purpose in the Star Wars universe, this is not the one you're looking for um this is not the books you're looking for um but for like a younger reader i would definitely recommend them just because it's something that they Mm. i think could connect to a little bit easier um yeah yeah and i mean you you definitely have uh a good a good source to recommend from since you're a teacher (laughs) yeah and i can bring them into my classroom be like hey guys here's the four novels we are reading (laughs) oh yeah that's a good point uh, just start... yeah, I, would, I would read the, I would read that over like the giving tree giving man the giver what was that book I, I can't don't know remember. the giving tree sounds right the I don't one know. where he gives memories I've not read that one <laughs> I remember reading uh, hatchet those, those, uh... oh ha- hatchet was eh, hatchet it was, was pretty good wasn't too bad but yeah no like that I you know I'd rather well actually now that I think about it what is her my original point was what was the worst book that you read in elementary school and high school like the the one that you hated reading the most i know my answer what's yours what's yours but um, mine is the great gatsby oh okay <laughs> the only one i remember reading was hatchet and the other one in high school that i read was lord of the flies which was uh, okay it was a i liked it because it was like some weird dystopian like there's oh, yeah, it's like a lost dark. it's a lost like scenario basically um mm-hmm. and then like these kids are starting to like murder each other and like form a little like society and and whatnot and it's mm-hmm. like this is really interesting and those are the only two that i remember reading the other ones obviously i didn't read very much okay that's fair yeah i i remember i hated the great gatsby so much it to be fair if anybody who's listening does like the great gatsby I like the story. I cannot stand the writing style. It is too old school for me to read. It's the same kind of thing when I try to read Lord of the Rings. Would you recommend just um, watching the movie? Or, <laughs> uh, not the new one with the Jay-Z song. That one was, was kind of meh. Is that the one like with... The older one, I did... 
Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's an older one that I did we did watch in school, and I did like that one. But yeah, I got two pages into The Great Gatsby, and I said, this book's not for me, and I just never read the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Give me the spark notes, please. <laughs> anyway. Coming to the podcast for Star Wars information. Yeah, Great Gatsby Star Wars crossover. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Is that Canto yeah, Bite? Uh, uh, <laughs> that sounds I don't want right. anything to be related to Canto Bite. <laughs> um, I think we're good to move on to the outro. What do you think, Noma? Yeah, I think we've basically covered. I mean, we've we've burned through the material so quickly. We're talking about the Great Gatsby now, so you know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So before we get into the outro, let's give all four of these books our ratings. So starting with the first one, which is Servants of the Empire, Edge of the Galaxy. Uh, Dan, what do you think of this one, the first book? So before I say my numbers, I just wanted to say that these are going to be numbers based off of like how I think like a young reader's like ranking, not like our novel ranking, because they would tie with some of the other novels mm. that we've read so far. And I don't think they do. Um, just because of the content and like the, the length of them and stuff. So these are kind of like on a different rating scale for me. Um, but for the Edge of the Galaxy book, the first one, I gave it a six. Just okay, because, that makes sense. Just because it's short, sweet, and it kind of just gives you an introduction to Zare and his situation. And I think it, I honestly think it was one of the better ones, the first one. Um, it kind of mm. got you a little bit more enticed into the story, for sure. Makes sense. Yeah, for me, um, I'm, I'm judging this based off of, again, yeah, it's a short story and a kid's story, but from, you know, my adult perspective, just reading it, uh, it's like a solid 5.5. It's, yeah, kind of the same thing where, you know, I, I do like the fact that, like we said uh, in the discussion, it does get a bit darker, it does ha handle some stuff normal kids' books wouldn't, but at the end of the day, it is a kid's book, it is still pretty kiddie, um, you know, it's not pushing the boundaries that much, but it does fit in nicely with Star Wars. So, yeah, 5.5. Nice. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of the same thing with Rebel in the Ranks. Uh, so for Rebel in the Ranks, I've also given it a 5.5. It's it's still, it's interesting, and it, it is cool to see, you know, all these interactions with kind of, you know, outmaneuvering the Empire and trying to stay one step ahead of them from both characters. And it I feel like, for me, it's the most suspenseful of the four books. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so 5.5. I gave it a 6. It's good, but it's short. Yeah, I gave it a okay. 6, and, and I agree with you on all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so for the third book, which is Imperial Justice. <laughs> Imperial Justice. Dan, what did you think of that one? Um, I thought it was all right. It, I think it's it leaves off on a, on a good note, or not a good note, but it leaves off on a note where you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen next with Zare? and going to arcanus and stuff isn't that what mm -hmm. happens in the last one in that one yeah pretty much yeah like he it leaves off and he's basically um trying to figure out like what's going on with dara now again and mm. it, it kind of dives into it a little bit more um and gives us our i guess last hurrah in this series um because the next book i would say not so good so i give that a six this one no that makes sense uh, yeah, for me, it's 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 kind of similar. The The main thing with me was, I guess for a younger reader, it could be like, yeah, oh no, what's going to happen? I wonder if they'll make it. Uh, oh, there's so many things that could happen, but I've read enough books that I could, by the time I hit the end, I was like, all right, cool. 
Next one, we're, we're wrapping it up. He's going to find her. Everything's going to be a workout. I wonder if he'll survive. It's a kid's book, but I wonder what will happen. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a nice prelude to wrapping everything up. So I give it a five. And the last book, which is The Secret Academy, uh, for this one, I also gave it a five. Yeah, we, we both gave it the same score. And I think it's for probably similar reasons. With this one, it's, it's just everything kind of ends really quickly. And there's no real hurdles. They kind of make it seem like there are hurdles. Like, oh, no, he's going to die by firing squad. He's not going to die by firing squad. Um, and, yeah, just kind of some things like that. So it's, it's a nice vessel to wrap everything up and have a nice story. But it's, a little quick. it's not really pushing any boundaries. Exactly. Which is fine. It's a kid's book. I'm not expecting it to blow my mind. But yeah, that's you know, why it's, I, it's a solid book. That's why I think we both gave it a five. Is is It was a fine way to wrap it up. But at the same time, it was like, really, we didn't expect anything that like we expected what was going to happen we had no unexpected like detours or anything like that mm, exactly all right yeah so with our scores being set let's head into the outro Welcome to the end of this week's episode of Temple Archives. So, next episode's literature, we are going to be talking about Before the Awakening and Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Aliens, Volume 1, which I believe is Star Wars Legends? Mm, like, it, the, the new... It's actually, like, a whole bunch of short stories, uh, if I remember yeah. correctly. It's, like, Before Force Awakens stuff um the tales from a galaxy far far away um it's just like all these little like short stories about aliens that don't really have a lot to do with the main story but they're like in maz's cantina oh so gotcha. it's it's kind of like that where it's like short stories from those people so you kind of get to know like the crimson corsair and, and that kind of stuff gotcha awesome okay and as well as that, we will also be covering a comic in another episode, which is Kanan Volume 1, The Last Padawan. And this one I'm very excited for, because if uh, if anyone doesn't know, this is recounting uh, Kanan's time from around Order 66 to how he joined up with the Rebels. Um, so it's very cool, and we, I believe, get to see a character that I'm familiar with because of Legends, which is his Jedi Master, Deepa Bilipa. And I am assuming that her backstory has been changed a little bit from what it was in Legends, which makes me kind of sad. Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she's like. Yeah, because in Legends, she was the only Padawan of Mace Windu. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yes. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. She was the only Padawan of Mace Windu. It is in an awesome novel that I have. I'm sure Ed would be here freaking out uh, about it as well if he was here. But it is called uh, Star Wars Shatterpoint. Yeah, you guys talk about that a lot. It, so, like I mentioned, this book isn't canon. Even though it's not canon anymore, I would definitely recommend going back and reading it. It's an, um, an awesome Mace Windu story. It's got such an interesting setting, and it, it really kind of goes into his backstory and his whole thing, which is still, parts of that are still canon, because it really has to do with the lightsaber style he invented, which is called Vapod. Interesting. And because you have to actually, you have to get right on the line of the dark side to be able to use Vapod because you're actually supposed to use anger and fury to put more weight and uh, kind of offset your opponents. 
Cool. Sorry, put more weight behind the blows and offset your opponents. Yeah, I so like... it has to do with his apprentice and what happened when she learned Vapod. I think I, I like the the Mace Windu dabbling into like part dark side stuff in in, mm-hmm. in his kind of lore. I would love to see that come back, but uh, definitely yeah. got to check out Shatterpoint. Oh yeah, it's a really really good book. Um, it, that and the Omega Squad stuff are like some of my favorite legend stuff. Omega Squad's great. Still around. Oh yeah, and Darth Bane. Well, you know, but Darth Bane's classic. Everything Legends <laughs> is great. Canon, <laughs> you <know>. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. If you want to contact the podcast, you can email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail dot com. Uh, you can, if you're talking about this specific episode. You can use the subject line T-A space Leonis, L-E-O-N-I-S, and you can tell us all about what you thought about these four books or our coverage of it. Um, You can also find us on our website at voiceoftheforce.com where we post all of our episodes with our synopsis. All the links are there as well. And we actually have a shop I forgot to mention at the top of the show for a Voice of the Force t-shirt if you're interested in that. Um, I have one, Noma has one, and Ed has one. But uh, if you want your own, you're more than welcome to go get one. Uh, you can also go to <laughs> twitter.com and go to at voiceforcepod and you can retweet our new episode tweets and help grow our community and get our name out there into the Star Wars community a little bit more as well. If you want to tweet at us about this specific episode, you can always use the hashtag TA Leonis. And uh, you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash voiceforcepod. And the last thing we're going to tell you about today is that you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcasts, Pocket Casts, and Podbean. Reviewing our podcast with five stars and a nice little comment helps us tremendously and only takes a few minutes out of your day. would be greatly appreciated. With all that said, Noma, thank you for the synopsis of these four books. And, uh... I look forward to talking about Kanan in the next Temple Archives comics. Definitely. From all of us here at Voice of the Force podcast, thank you for listening, and may the Force be Be with with you. It's just, there's a weird pause before bump, like I'm saying, Zare later bumps into, and it should be just be Zare later bumps into. Yeah. All right, third time's the charm. Three, two, one. Zare later bumps into Rebel Droid Chopper. No! <laughs>